Nikki Shaw will be delighted this morning. She played for her country. She's played at the highest level. She knows how hard it is to win global tournaments. And England were able to do that last night at the MCG. They beat Pakistan by five wickets. And Ben Stokes, again, is the talk of the town. Nikki, good morning. Good morning. Great morning. If you're an English cricket fan, I would have thought, how did you consume the game last night? How nerve-wracking was it? Oh, it's, no, it was a bit um, silly of Ben to wait till the 19th <laughs> over to, to get it done, wasn't it? And uh, I think he plays test match cricket quicker than he did last night with his T20. But it was a um, very good watch. Uh, there was a fair few people watching at the, the local pub last night, so it was quite good, good atmosphere. But, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a bit nerve-wracking, so I think he needs to reassess his T20 game. <laughs> well, that was his highest score, remarkably, in, in T20 internationals. He's such a destructive player in all forms of the game. He's retired from ODI cricket now, but what an incredible performance. Again, he, he did it in the game against Sri Lanka to get them through to the semi-finals, and he did it again when it truly mattered. Well, yeah, given where he's come from and that 2016 over where, where they lost it in the final over from um, Brathwaite, you know, remember the name Brathwaite. Um, and again, he he opened the bowling in this tournament or opened the bowling in this game, and he seemed to just fit in wherever Joss Butler needed him to. And there was questions whether he should be playing or not very very early on in the tournament, especially when they were playing their warm up games, and he was hobbling around and whatnot. But he seemed to just come through no matter what. Nicky, I mean. It, it... It's accumulated with this win, but the, the, the development of white ball cricket in England over the last seven or eight years has been quite incredible. And, and I mentioned someone to Jacob the other day, and Owen Morgan, the influence that he's had. I mean, he's in the commentary now, but it's, it's been over a period of time that, that they've specialised in this format and it, it's come to fruition, hasn't it? Well, it has. And I think one of the biggest things is that they have separate squads. Yep for white ball cricket and for red ball cricket. And something the Australian team don't do very well is have separate squads yet. I think they just have to go that way. And this that's one of the, the reasons why England cricket in white ball stuff has gone particularly well over the last, what, three or four years or so, is because everybody knows their role. And everyone can and get a contract for a T20 a position or a one-day position and some of them merge obviously like the way that they're giving out contracts you can get a full contract and whatnot but the the white ball seems to be in its own entirety like a very very good position to be in or a very very good contract it means you can go around the world and and play all in these tournaments and and get better but we've produced players like Liam Livingston over the last couple of years who was out here for the scorchers he bowled a couple of overs I remember randomly and all of a sudden, he's bowling for England now. It just seems mind-blowing that someone can just, just do that and bowl a couple of tweaky leg spinners in a domestic competition. And then a couple of years later, you're, you're bowling in a World Cup final. And what a role he played as well, Liam Livingston, at different times with the ball and certainly with the bat. We know he's a very capable hitter. I think, and you're mm. right about picking different teams to different formats, you probably trace it back to the last World Cup in Australia, which was a 50-over World Cup when England had a lot of guys who were regulars in, in test cricket. You think of Bell and Anderson and Broad, and essentially they were all retired and told that yep. they didn't have a future in that format anymore. So maybe the stepping stones were all the way back at the end of the 2015 World Cup in Australia that set up this triumph. Yeah, look, I, I actually agree. It's hard to play all three formats. 
even with the scheduling, even with, if you pull back the amount of games and whatnot, it's just hard to get your head around preparation for a test match versus one day cricket and then T20 cricket. And so the England English boys have got the 100 as well, which, you know, lots of people have said it's not as um, lucrative as maybe a T20 game and maybe there's too much cricket. But at the end of the day, more domestic players are having a platform to be able to play in front of crowds and stadiums and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's it's working. We're winning world championships, we're winning world cups, and and getting very close. If we're not winning them, we're in we're in finals and semi-finals. So, we've got to be doing something right. Doing a lot right. Uh, before we chat WBBL, we talk about Ben Stokes, and rightfully so for his deeds. But what about Sam Curran, player of the match, three for twelve or four overs, player of the tournament? He started really well in the Australian T20 matches that were a precursor to the tournament, and he continued on from there. A very promising young talent. Oh, absolutely. And he, like, if you just put him on paper and said, right, we've got this short, skiddy bowler, swings it a little bit, um, but hasn't got any raw pace, you would say he would go the distance all day, every day in a T20 match. But I think he only went for, I think he only had one bad game. And that he got taken down a little bit. By, by India a, a couple of overs but the rest of the tournament you're completely right he was bowling difficult overs power play overs he bowled the back end he, he swung the ball even from that very first game here at uh, the um, the Perth Stadium was a warm-up game he was brilliant in that so look the yeah the the fellow's done he's done really really well and somebody that you probably wouldn't expect to to finish a player of the tournament and man of the match and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, good on him for for using what he's got very, very well. Uh, Nikki, the WBBL had an interesting stage now. Five teams vying for that top four. Scorchers under a little bit of pressure. But the, the Sydney Sixers have come to play this year after a poor year. Oh, how good was that game yesterday? I was, um, I was watching our little under-14s play and I had to keep the the phone on to to watch and I just was like I can't believe that this is happening um there there was a really really good run chase obviously Alyssa Healy's gone and got back into some sort of crazy form where she gets 100 and it was look it was a really really good cricket game and I can't I can't see that the Scorchers did anything wrong other than um maybe leaving one over in the back end to to Piper but again she executed those last two balls the first two balls of her last over in the right spot, it would have been the right choice. So she was like half a centimetre away and unfortunately Ash Gardner hit those two for, for six and it was it was game over. But yeah, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got to win their last couple of games um, to even give themselves a chance. And if they if they make the this preliminary final business, um, then their fate is in their own hands. They've just got to win. It's knockout stage for them. What about the Adelaide side? They're just sitting just outside, um, but still got a game in hand against Perth. Uh, um, washout yesterday wasn't the greatest for them. No, it's, it's always a shame when cricket gets determined by washouts. And it's very unusual for Australian summer for that to actually happen. But I really like the Adelaide Strikers team. I think that they've got a really good um, combined setup with the batters and the seam bowlers. And they obviously have got Amanda Jade Wellington is a really great leg spinner that's, that's near to the top of the, the wickets ladder as well. 
But obviously with a couple of injury concerns with McGrath in and out, you're never quite sure whether she's going to be able to take you through the whole game or not. She's got a bit of a lower back issue, I think. But again, they, they if they, if they um, put their best performance on the pitch, then they can beat anybody. So, yes, they're just outside of it at the moment. But with a game in hand on the, on the Perth Scorchers, the, the Scorchers will be watching every single game, no doubt. Scorchers do have a couple of winnable games against the two Melbourne teams who played each other yesterday. Last ball win uh, for the Stars there. But um, we, we do have two very winnable games against the Stars and the Renegades. If we go on ladder position, we know, though, cricket isn't about ladder position sometimes. It's just who turns up on the day. Well, exactly right. And the, the Renegades put a half-decent performance together yesterday after another terrible start. I think they lost three wickets early again. And then um, Josie Dooley got, got a couple of runs and... But it was the way that um, Annabelle Sutherland chased it down for the Melbourne Stars that, again, they've got some really good young players in both of those teams. It might seem like there'll be an easy win, but you know when you're at the bottom of the ladder and maybe you can't meet finals, you've got potential to, to knock other people out and put performances together. It's always, you know, they're always a danger team. I, I wouldn't want to be playing those teams and with something to prove at the, the latter part of the competition. Nikki, um, unfortunately, one of the stories from that Melbourne derby yesterday was the injury to Sophie Molyneux, who's had such a horrible run with knee injuries over the last little while. She couldn't complete her final over, and that was a pretty important part of the game. Unfortunately, Georgia Presswich went for nine off her three balls, and Molyneux, an injury that looked pretty severe. Yeah, she, you feel for her, don't you? Like, she's come back from injury after injury and she was you know she was a massive part of that Australian setup <clears throat> and then got injured and she's just not been able to get back into that team obviously you've got a couple more spins Jess Johnson's come back in with the exact same skill is what she's trying to get in for um but yeah that that will be heartbreaking for her to just sustain another injury hopefully it's not a, another long-term one and it's just a something that she can she can get over and still play some cricket in this season, but um, you never know. And it's always hard finishing off someone's over. You, it's more a mental thing, I think. You're not you're not prepared for it. You've not had that few seconds or that minute to get your head around what your plan is. Um, and the Stars batters just, just took advantage of that and good on them for doing that. Finally, Nikki, where should Sophie Devine bat? She opened, she struggled to score runs this year, having been such a good player in this competition for a while. Now middle order hasn't helped either. Where should she bat? I think she should just keep batting at the top. I don't, she's not out of form. She's just, um, I mean, she's obviously hitting the ball well in the net. But <clears throat> um, I think it's more of a mental thing for her now. And in order to do that, you've got to, you've got to face as many balls as you possibly can. She is the best batter bar... Beth Mooney in that team she has to face as many balls as she possibly can and to do that she has to open the batting yes she's going to face some of the best bowlers but moving up and down the order isn't working for her either and I, I'm not sure it's working for the team we're still losing a couple of wickets at the top she's still in very very early in the power play anyway so for me put your best two batters up there and go we back you you're not just there to just score runs you're you're bowling you're captaining you hold a lot more. Um, uh, you hold a lot more weight to the team than just your runs, because obviously look look where they are already on the ladder, and she's hardly scored a run. Mm. So, I think she needs to just settle into what will be will be. Obviously, she's trying to score runs, 
Um, and then she's she's got so many other facets of her game that she's so brilliant at that that just needs to take the pressure off. So I think she should open. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, you want your best players at the top, particularly at the business end of the competition. We'll see what uh, the Scorchers do with these crucial games coming up. Nikki, nice to have you on the show, particularly after such a momentous night in England cricket last night. Thanks for joining us. 